0: Hi friends, welcome back to the Creating Eden podcast. I am your host, Eden. Uh, So on my Instagram stories, I shared, um, well, I invited you to ask any questions that you wanted me to cover, any topics you wanted me to cover on this podcast. And one of the questions that I received was what was the initial, like, internal shift that happened for me? to go from the person that I was, which was, you know, dancing. I call her Ego Eden. <laughs> she was very much Ego Eden, but I was dancing, I was really into fitness. Um, I really heavily cared about what I looked like. I was like full faces of makeup. I couldn't go outside without it. and. Um, Not conscious, (laughs) very much unconscious of myself, my actions, who I was, um, what I desired, and was very, very surface level um, into who I am now and who the way that I would (laughs) describe myself now is deeply spiritual, um, conscious being. Um, who is really connected to my body, who is very passionate about um, emotional expression, about authentic expression, um, and living my life based off of my body, my intuition, and my soul, my soul. (laughs) I was trying to find the word and I was just, I had my hand, my fingers uh, rubbing on my Like sternum Um, and for me my soul feels like it lives behind there Um, which is kind of like my heart center so my soul (laughs) what what shifted what happened Um, so I was very much conditioned as many of us have been um, and maybe many of us still are to really care about what people thought of me of me Um, to really care about, uh, status and money and, um, just like very ego-driven things, you know, success. Um, and that like external success. What, what are you wearing? Um, what car are you driving? What house or apartment are you living in? What job do you have? Um, and I, there was little, little pockets there's been little pockets in my life that has shown up um, in different ways that have connected me to my spirit. And I wasn't conscious of it. I didn't know. Um, but growing up dancing, I had not only just a dance teacher, but I believe, and I describe her to a lot of people that I talk to her, talk about to talk to about her. <laughs> I describe her as my living spirit guide. Um, her name is Tamara. I don't know if you're listening to this or if you'll ever listen to this, Tamara, but I love you and I'm so grateful for you. Um, I met Tamara when I was like a baby, I think. She's always been in my life. Um, she's come in and out of my life uh, throughout my like younger childhood. Um, but as a teenager, I started dancing at her dance studio and she changed the entire direction of my life because not only did she teach us about Dance. like not only did we learn choreography and you know different styles of movement and whatnot um, but she has so much depth like she is just such a beautiful powerful human and um, you know she was the first person to introduce me into any kind of spirituality um, she shared like books with us we would have dream board nights which I absolutely loved. We would have dream board nights um, where we would like be cutting things out of magazines, making our dream boards. And as we were making our dream boards, she would be reading, uh, reading books to us. And one book that I remember vividly, her reading to us was The Law of Attraction. And like this woman, everything that she said, I like soaked in like a fucking sponge. Um, So anyways, with her in my life, um I had a lot of connection to my emotions and like dance was the way that I channeled my emotions and um I didn't know how spiritual that actually was I wasn't I didn't make that connection um so uh then in my later teenage years early 20s uh I was in a relationship that wasn't the best (laughs) for either of us and um I remember she took me to one side and or she asked, she asked me to go out to coffee with her and uh, she pretty much just asked me like, what are you doing? <laughs> and like immediately as she started talking, I just started crying and I was like, fuck, my life is about to change. Um, and she was the one that was like, I want you to make a demo reel to talk to your agents. I had like dance um, agents at the time, talk to your agents and get them to send in your demo reels, like uh, audition tapes to some cruise lines so that you can go travel and dance on cruise ships. Uh, You need to get out of here. And I was like, okay, (laughs) yep, yes, sir. (laughs) I will do it right now. Um, So like that weekend I did and uh, I went, into the studio she was like you can have like free studio time um just do it like you need to do this and i did Talked to my agents they sent it out like two weeks later i think um i got a call saying good news and bad news what do you want first and i was like good news please they're like yep you got hired on to like for royal caribbean quantum of the seas their new show star water i was the second cast to ever perform that show um and I was like amazing I was just like crying she was listing off all of the places that I was gonna go travel to and I was just like wow this is crazy and so exciting and I was like what's the bad news (laughs) she was like you leave in 10 days so yeah you gotta wrap things up really quickly um and I was crying and Um, I got off the phone and my sister was like why are you crying (laughs) and I told her and she was like yeah but why are you crying and I was like because I have to do it I have to go Um, and for me that meant a lot of endings you know closing a big chapter of my life and starting a very big very scary new one so anyways I had like little sparks of that like spirituality and guidance um, from Tamara and I took a little bit of that on the ships with me um, but it was very surface level. Actually, I'm not going to say that because I think that that um, like undervalues the work that I was actually doing for myself at the time. That was the depth of what I could achieve at that moment in time. I would journal. Um, I would try to meditate. It was really hard. <laughs> I would try, um, and that was more like performative, but I was trying, you know? And I had connected to a yoga practice, um, at that point in my life. And that like deepened my sense of awareness a little bit. And like, this is very, very like small, you know? Um, and then on my second cruise ship, so I did that for a year. And like, that was when I was like very into like the initial things that you get into, um, this is like generalizing a thousand percent generalizing but the surface level things that spirituality invites us into um which is like crystals and incense and cards and i was more focused on looking spiritual than actually living a spiritual life um and again like i give those past versions of me so much love and so much grace because they were just trying you know and trying is better than not trying um but yeah still very in my opinion now from the depth of where i operate now very surface level and that's okay um so i on my second ship i got into a relationship and what i now know (laughs) is relationships are like the biggest catalysts for learning They are the biggest mirrors, the biggest reflections into where we're at, into who we are, into all of our traumas, all of our triggers, everything. Uh, The ways that we operate, everything that is unconscious, um, these relationships will reflect reflect back to us. And the relationship that I was in, like that relationship triggered me more than I've ever been triggered in my entire fucking life. (laughs) To this day, I'm extremely grateful for it and it was really hard um so that was when a lot of my wounds were surfacing a lot of that childhood trauma surfaced um and i was not operating from a conscious place i was very unconscious constantly in fight or flight um activated and um yeah just not not aware and i didn't know how to help myself um i moved to miami with this ex-partner and uh, living in Miami was not <laughs> like, it, actually I'm gonna reframe what I was just about to say. Living in Miami brought all of that to the surface more. If you've ever been to Miami, there's, there's different layers, <laughs> there's different levels of um, being in Miami. And one of them is very, very surface level very very focused on money, and status, and appearance, and um, partying, and all of that. Um, And so when I was living in Miami, I was probably in my most... um, How do I say this? Hmm. Most insecure. I was in my most insecure place of my life. I could not leave the house without wearing a full face of makeup because everybody around me was wearing full faces of makeup and um yeah I cared so much about what I looked like you know so many people down there especially the area that I lived in um a lot of like big fake boobs big fake butts big fake lips long fake hair fake eyelashes and when I say this like I i believe that you should do with your body what's going to make you feel best um there's no judgment for anyone who participates in those kinds of uh beauty trends i'm gonna say um if that's what feels good for you like honor that honor that um But for me, witnessing that made me feel so insecure and so small and not good enough and um, ugly and fat, pretty much. Um, I thought my body was disgusting and uh, I dove headfirst into like intense fitness practices at this point in my life too when i first moved to miami i couldn't work it took quite a long time to get my work visa um so i was doing nothing meanwhile i was with a partner who had like a big boy job was making a lot of money we're living in this brand new beautiful apartment in like brickle in miami which is a very nice area um you know brand new car all of the things and i felt worthless um i felt worthless i felt like i couldn't i felt like i wasn't offering anything to the world um there was days where i would just lay in bed and cry all day matthew would go to work and i would stay in bed and i would just cry and cry and cry and hate myself i hated myself i hated who i was and i felt so worthless not only based on what I looked like, but based on what I was offering to the world. I felt like I wasn't offering anything of importance. I felt like I had no purpose. And I truly believed, at this point in my life, I truly believed that if I died, nobody would care. I believed that nobody nobody would even notice because I felt like I wasn't putting anything worthwhile into the world. Um, and I felt like nobody cared. And I have so much love for that version of me. She just wanted to have a purpose. And also, like, if I got to go back and do that again, doing nothing, ugh! (laughs) But I was so disconnected from my feminine energy that I couldn't even receive what my partner was giving me at the time. Um, Like, he gave me so much safety and I felt like I had to earn it. Instead of just receiving, I felt like I had to earn it and I felt like I wasn't good enough um, and I didn't do enough and all of the things. So yeah, that was like the darkest, um, one of the darkest points in my life where, yeah, I really thought like if I died, nobody would care and it wouldn't matter. And everyone would just go about their lives as if I never existed anyways. Um, and, uh, I did in that season of my life, I did a lot of things that were very out of alignment with my soul and I got so far away from the truth of who I am that I didn't even know who I was anymore Um, I'm gonna do a podcast episode on this where I go more into detail but I was cheating on my partner not consistently but I had cheated on him and that made me hate myself even more and like I was carrying so much shame and so much guilt and so much hatred for myself that my body carried it And um, that was in the time of my life where like I gained the most amount of weight um, and no amount of working out, of hot yoga classes, of starving myself could have fixed that because it wasn't anything that my body was doing wrong. It was all my energy and my emotions and I didn't know that. I didn't know that at the time. So yeah, I, uh, I really just hated myself. Um, and I thought I was stuck. I thought I was stuck living like that. I thought that that was just who I was and I had to deal with it. And I remember like I would change my hair all the time. I would change my makeup all the time. I would change my wardrobe all the time. Um, because I was trying to figure out who I was, but it was all, like, I was looking to other people outside of me and trying to copy them to see if that was who I was, you know? And that's never going to work, <laughs> especially with people who are operating from their authenticity. Like, it's never going to work me copying them and finding myself, you know? Um, so, yeah, I was just, I was really searching. <laughs> I was really, really searching. Um, and I found... Uh, When I got my work visa, I found a yoga studio, and I started teaching there. I also did their 200-hour yoga teacher training, and um, it was really interesting. Very, very different than any other yoga teacher training I had done. Um, Very different than any other yoga classes I had gone to. And uh, really powerful, really powerful. And that training, like, it unlocked something in me. I remember standing in front of everybody. I don't even remember what the prompt was, but there was a prompt to talk, and I just stood and cried in front of everyone and shared how worthless I had felt and how alone I had felt. And like I can see myself standing in that room right now. And I think that that was the first time... I think that that was the first time in my life where people just witnessed me. Other than when I was dancing on a stage. (laughs) Where in an intimate space, people just witnessed me. Just listened to me and just watched me cry. Didn't try to save me. Didn't try to, you know me to stop crying tell me that it's okay you know they just witnessed and held space and I think that that was so much more powerful than I knew it was at the time so there's a small shift I don't even know exactly what it was but there was a small shift then and this was in 2019 Um, so yeah that allowed me to open myself up a little bit a little bit and at that point like I stopped wearing so much makeup um, which felt like really big for me at the time oh and I also um, the company Airy like American Eagles kind of sister company Airy reached out to me on Instagram and asked me if I would be one of their ambassadors um, for their Airy real campaign um, and so I was like yeah. Cool. I got like, I got like a gift card every month. I think it was like a six-month thing. Uh, I got a gift card every month to buy their clothes, um, and I had to post a certain amount of stories and posts on Instagram. Um, and that airy real campaign was the first invitation for me to show up as I was, and a place where it was celebrated um so that was where i was like okay i i stopped perfectly posing every single instagram post and every single instagram video and i started to show up more with no makeup messy hair in my like bathrobe or hoodie um and talk about these like clothes and just try them on and show show my body looking like it was just looking um, instead of posing perfectly. And for me, that was a big step from where I was, you know, because I was in this point where I hated my body and I was trying so hard to change my body. Um, And uh, I softened a little bit through that experience. um, And I gave myself a little bit more compassion and a little bit more grace um, and uh, allowed myself to exist a little bit more just as I was, you know, as I would behind closed doors, not performing for anybody, but inviting people into a little bit of who I was behind closed doors. And I think that was another like little, like these I feel like are little trickles, you know? Um, And then COVID happened and uh, we're in the lockdown in our tiny one bedroom apartment in the heart of Wynwood in Miami. And um, obviously, like I wasn't going to teach, I wasn't going to work. And I was just at home at the time. This was like the worst part in my partnership at the time. Um, He would just be on his computer working from home all day and then playing video games all night. And I felt like I didn't exist. Um, And in hindsight, what a beautiful gift. What a beautiful gift that he left me alone. And there was a lot of grief that I moved through with that. Like, I felt, again, like, unimportant. Uh, Like, if I died, it wouldn't make a difference, because he didn't even know I was there. And we're in the same apartment, all day, all night, together. Um, And I'm sure his story is different. (laughs) I don't want to um, paint him as the villain here. As I said earlier, like, I cheated on him throughout this relationship. We both were... um, not not conscious and not outwardly loving to each other. We are both still very much operating from our wounds and hurting each other. Um, so there is no villain and there is no victim here. Um, I used to want to paint him as the victim or as the villain. Um, and yeah, likewise, him for me, um, I used to want to be the victim because that validated my experience you know? But anyways, what a gift that I now know, that he left me alone. So I had all of my time to myself. And what came up when I had nothing to do, nothing to distract me? (laughs) All of the shit that I was trying to avoid. Something I forgot to mention. Throughout my time living in Miami and previously when I was living in England, when I was really struggling in the darkest times, um, I was really heavily relying on drinking. That was my escape. until I woke up the next morning with heart palpitations and intense anxiety and fear of, what did I say? Did I start a fight? Is he mad at me? Does he love me anymore? Um, You know, did I tell him I cheated on him? Oh my God, oh my God. So much fear and so much anxiety. Um, And what would I do next day? I'll just get drunk again so that I would forget and the cycle would repeat. And throughout the lockdown, I was like, this is the perfect time to try to stop drinking because I'm not going out there's no like no one inviting me out for a drink no going out for dinner seeing everybody with wine and wanting my own like it was the perfect time um so I was like okay I'm gonna try and not drink for 100 days and I didn't I smoked weed instead (laughs) um but for me that felt a lot better it didn't feel like avoiding so much and like oh man sometimes I would love to go back and live a day in the life of Miami Eden in that little apartment throughout the lockdown because I created such a beautiful routine and life for myself then and I'm sure I'm looking back in with rose colored glasses but anyway, so I would light my incense, this was my um, routine, I would light my incense, I would play my Fleetwood Mac <laughs> as the sun was coming into my room and I had those like, um, uh, like window sticker things where the sun shines through and it's rainbows everywhere. The sun would be shining through into, into my bedroom. Um, I would play that music and I would just start dancing. I would smoke a little bit of weed. And, like, I didn't smoke a lot. I had, like, a joint that I would take, like, two or three puffs and then put it out. Um, and I would sit with my journal with my cards. And I just asked myself over and over and over again, why do I hate myself? Why do I hate who I am? Why did I do the terrible things that I did in this relationship? Why do I hate myself? Why do I hate my body? Why do I hate what I look like? And I just kept asking myself all of these things and I would just write and write and write and write in my journal and just sob into the pages. And I would always do it sitting in front of my mirror. This has been something that's been very consistent for me and I think that part of it is I grew up dancing since I was five years old in front of floor to ceiling mirrors, always witnessing myself, always watching myself. Um, And uh, that's like a very natural, like, you know, I, I remember being in school once and I was in the dance room and these boys came in and they didn't know how to act <laughs> in front of all of these mirrors. And I remember watching them and being like, whoa, like they're so uncomfortable because there's mirrors. They were like, didn't know where to look. And like, that was the first time I realized like, oh, wow, this is my comfort zone. Like I like seeing what's happening, you know, talking to people through the mirror, easy, you know, turning around, looking them easy but anyways it's something that like I just have felt very drawn to Um, and in my like adulthood I have more so intentionally connected with mirror work witnessing myself experience different emotions um, speaking to myself saying my affirmations to myself right now as I'm recording this I am sitting on the floor in my room in front of my mirror that is just like ingrained in me so anyways as I would be journaling, I would be in front of the mirror and I would talk to myself like, why? Why do I hate myself? And I would look at my body and I would touch my body and be like, why do I hate you? Um, And on social media, I got into the realm, the world of body acceptance, of self-love. And uh, it started to really, really resonate with me. Um, And yeah I started to practice it first was with my body. I started to learn how to love my body, and um that was really hard. <laughs> it was really hard and what I actually had to move through first, and I'll do a more in depth podcast about this because this was also another question that I got from um, some people is like talking about self love and acceptance and um, but I was very much in that chapter of my life where. You know, I I was very like being stuck inside the house, especially when it's a little apartment. um, There's not much movement that can take place. You know, I was I was still working out and I was still doing my yoga practice. Um, And uh, yeah, my body was changing. (laughs) My body was changing. I also was eating very differently. Um, I wasn't drinking anymore. My body was changing and um getting bigger and softer um so i was first learning how do i love my body as it is because if i can love my body as it is then i can learn how to love myself as i am with all of my flaws right with all of my imperfections with all of the things that in quotations i have done wrong with all of the people that i have hurt um if i can learn to love my body then i can learn to love myself so, yeah, I would look in the mirror and I would tell different parts of my body that I love them. And I would apologize, you know, I would apologize to my belly for, um, yeah, for being so mean and for always wishing that it was different and for not acknowledging my body for what it could do. And what it was capable of, because I was capable of of some really amazing things, you know? Um, Especially like as a dancer, I was capable of some really, really amazing things. And uh, I slowly learned to just accept, first and foremost, that my body looks the way it looks. And that's it. And once I could accept that, and you know, this is not a linear... Uh, process there was ups and downs um, within this process but there was consistent small progress being made but once I learned to accept my body then I started to give my body a lot more love and a lot more appreciation Um, and I I learned to love my body as it was I wasn't wearing makeup anymore Um, at that point I had cut my hair really really short still hadn't shaved it yet Um, and I started growing out my body hair that was a big thing too um i saw what what inspired me to do this was i saw a woman who like she had full body hair grown out anytime i've seen a woman with her body hair i've always been like fuck she is so cool (laughs) why can't i be like that like she's so cool i wish i was that confident you know um so i saw a woman that was like getting bullied online for her body hair and i was like what the fuck this is crazy like why hair grows on our bodies in this way why can men be super hairy and be found attractive and women are shamed i was like uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh no so i started growing out my body hair to see for myself um and that was a big thing of like Am I still going to be found attractive? Are people, you know, going to think I'm disgusting and unhygienic and all of these things? And that was another layer of learning to love my body as it was, you know? Um, So yeah, my journey really started with my body, which for me makes the most sense because of my background as a dancer and because I was so like into fitness and yoga, like my body was very important to me. Um... And then once, you know, it was kind of happening at the same time, Um, but the body was really the forefront of what I was doing. Um, And then I was getting a lot more into the, why do I hate myself? Why did I do the things that I did? Why do I show up in my relationship in these ways? Why don't I feel loved? Because I didn't feel loved i couldn't receive the love that my partner was giving me um i would block it out you know um so yeah i really just like i figured it all out by constantly asking myself and digging deeper and deeper and deeper like okay why did i cheat on my partner because it felt good in the moment But why did it feel good in the moment? What was I seeking? What was I searching for? What was I missing that I found in that one experience? Um, Getting to the root of that. Okay, but why? And I just kept asking why until I found the very root. Um, And uh, yeah, so throughout that whole year of 2020, I was doing this work. Come 2021, um, I... Shaved my head. I did not shave it short. I I look back now and I'm like, damn. I would never have my hair that long again. (laughs) But I was so scared. And my partner even said, like, I don't know if I'll still be attracted to you if you shave your head. And uh, I had already changed so much in that last year. That in my mind, I was just like, go fuck yourself, bro. (laughs) And I went to Target and I bought clippers and I shaved my head anyways. Um, That... Was the first time in years years that i looked at myself in the mirror and i actually saw eden i actually saw myself and i remember just bawling bawling and i had this really spiritual experience i put my music on and i just started dancing And I had been disconnected from dance for a few years um, because of experiences that happened on the ship that, you know, instead of facing, I ran, ran away from and I just was like, nope, I'm not a dancer anymore. I do yoga and I'm into fitness. Like that was it. But I started dancing and I had my eyes closed and I was just crying and I was like, I was very much up in the ethers. It was so beautiful and I could feel my, I was 25 at the time, I think my 25 year old self dancing and moving and then I felt my 17 year old dancer self come into my body and my body started dancing like my 17 year old self Um, and these two versions of me these two parts of me were taking turns using my body and dancing so I would dance like my 25 year old self and then I would dance like my 17 year old self and then dance like my 25 year old self again and it was one of the most powerful spiritual experiences that I had where for me a lost part of myself returned back to me and what I realized then was when I was dancing in the studio growing up that was, that was when I was the most me that was when I felt the most safe and the most free to express myself um, and uh i got to reclaim that part of me (sighs) so i had that experience and um you know throughout this i was very unhappy with a lot of things in my life i was realizing i didn't like living in miami i didn't want to live there anymore what i really wanted was to come back to canada but i was too scared and i knew subconsciously at some level Um, I knew that if I moved back to Canada, it would be the end of my relationship at the time. Um, And I was scared. I was scared of that. I didn't know if anybody else was gonna love me. Um, You know, I didn't know uh, if anyone was gonna find me attractive enough to even want to get to know me. I thought I was unlovable. Um, And I was scared. I was scared to be in my power and to say what I want because I knew If I said what I wanted, um, a lot of parts of my life would have to crumble to the ground. So instead of saying to my partner, I want to move back to Canada, I just said, I don't want to live in Miami anymore. And he was like, well, where do you want to go instead? And I was like, well, I guess we can go back to England. So we went back to England. And this was like a very spiritual time in my life where I was still uncovering um, who I really was, what I really liked how I really wanted to act. I had found that I was so neck deep in my people pleaser that I didn't even know who I was anymore. I didn't even know what my truth was. I didn't even know what my authentic reactions and expression was. I had no idea because I had been faking it for so long. So, um, yeah, I was, I was rediscovering myself and, uh, what I like. Um, and doing the things that I like to do that had nothing to do with anybody else, you know, no external influence, but just what brought me joy, what made me feel like me. Um, So we moved back to England, and I was only there for three months, Um, and then I just knew I needed to go back to Canada, and that was the beginning of my healing of my inner child, sitting with my inner child trauma. So I had gotten... I had gone in my questioning of why do I do the things that I do? How, how come I'm like this? Um, I had gotten to my childhood by myself, which is amazing. Like just asking myself, you know, and figuring it out myself. What I didn't realize I was doing was shadow work. Um, I was digging into my shadows to figure out all of these things. And I was, you know, giving myself permission for the first time to cry and to feel you know cuz i had i had nothing to numb that um so yeah when we were in england um there was a lot of inner child stuff coming up for me and i actually sent um i started going to therapy i, I and i you know the woman that was my therapist like ah oh, she was so amazing and my my parents are from england um, so, having an English therapist, like she felt like she was very similar to my mom, um, but a therapist version of my mom. um so that was very healing for my inner child too. Um, but a lot of inner child stuff was coming up, and I was just feeling the pull to come back and be with my family and I didn't know at the time, but what I was really needing was to be doing that inner child work with my family, not with them as them doing it with me, but around them, you know? So yeah, I went back to Canada and I still hadn't told my partner that I had cheated on him. I was still trying to escape that because I had understood myself I was like, okay, I, I know why I did that. I know that it wasn't coming from a place of, I want to hurt you. It was coming from a place of, I want to feel safe, and I want to feel loved, and I don't know how to speak my needs. Um, I was still running away, <laughs> and that's okay. Um, I told them eventually, <laughs> but so I moved back home, and for like nine, ten months, My relationship was very rocky. I ended up telling him everything that I had done. And, you know, we ended up trying to work things out and I was becoming a very, very different person and approaching that relationship in a very different way. Um, And it was very different and there was potential, you know, there was potential for it to continue. But as I was at home, um, I started working in a crystal store and my intention with that was to let myself out of the spiritual closet because I was still very very internal and I was so scared to tell people that I was like this deeply spiritual human who speaks out loud to my spirit guides and has all of these like visions and feels all of these things in this way and believes all these things like I was so scared <laughs> I was so scared so working at a crystal store The kinds of conversations that I had with people were amazing and just, like, opened me up so much to my own spirituality and kind of reminded me, like, I think I had that, like, that witch wound where I was scared I was going to be persecuted um, if I told people that I was spiritual, you know, if I told people the things that I practice and the way that I live my life and... um, Yeah, working in that store where I was just around crystals and all of these spiritual books and cards and fairies and all of these things like oh so beautiful and I had some amazing conversations there and I started doing like oracle card readings for people Um, and while I was doing that I was living at home I was still going to therapy and I was doing a lot of inner child work which is like the root of a lot of our shit <laughs> a lot of my shit anyways um and that was the best place so i was living at home with my parents and one of my sisters my younger sister and uh <laughs> dude <laughs> i love my family um and being an adult living with parents was very hard very triggering but it was great because i was so deep in that inner child healing that i didn't have to dig okay when i was in miami i was digging i was digging i was digging i was like that movie holds i was just digging (laughs) trying to figure out why am i like this why am i like this there was not really much outside of me that was happening to trigger these things i was intentionally pulling them up pulling them up whereas when i was at home living with my family um i was triggered left right and center (laughs) So I didn't have to dig, everything was coming up for me and I got to process it real time with my therapist, which was great. Highly recommend if you can afford it, um, Get go, go to therapy. And I was very, very grateful. My therapist wasn't um, super expensive. I can't even remember how I found her online, but she wasn't very expensive. So I was very grateful for that. Um, and also uh, with telling my partner at the time, like, that I had cheated on him, was unfaithful, and all of these things, and, um, because I had already done the work to figure out why I did that, you know, when he asked me why, I had all my answers, because I already knew why, um, and for him, that helped him understand, like, why I would do those things, so, um, yeah, yeah, I kept doing that, um, And I I still was, like, uncovering these layers of myself, allowing myself to be seen as someone who is spiritual, you know, allowing myself to step into that role of, like, um, doing readings for people, because I had been doing that for myself for years at that point. And um, just learning, (laughs) a lot of learning. And once I unraveled um, a lot of my childhood wounding, It was easier for me to reconnect with the truth of who i was to reconnect with my soul rather than operate from my wounds um so yeah now after all of that all of those experiences um you know i realized what kind of relationship i wanted and instead of waiting for my partner at the time to step into that role i realized like i needed to um I needed to be open to it being him and it being not him, you know, and it turns out it wasn't him and that's okay. Um, So yeah, now uh, the life that I live is very, very different. The person that I am is very, very different because I no longer operate from my wounds. There are still things like I am not (laughs) saying by any means that I am perfect. I've got a lot, I got a lot to learn and a lot to step into but I've also come a long, long way. Um, But the life that I live now is very, very different because I no longer hold things in my body. I used to be so afraid to feel um, because I had bottled so much up. I thought that if I let myself feel it all, I would die. I thought it would be so painful that I would die. And I remember the first time I ever let myself cry fully. um, I was still like, quiet about it, but I let myself feel the depth of the pain. I felt this golden rod. (laughs) This might sound crazy, but this is my experience. I felt this golden rod of light in the center of my being light up. Everything was like contracted so much that I got down to that core and cried and cried and cried and cried and then stopped. And I was like, is that it? (laughs) And I actually like, I was in front of my mirror and I stopped and I looked at myself and I was like, oh, that's it. It just feels like that. Allowing myself to feel the pain just feels like pain. And I can survive it. And I can move through it. So, yeah, there's like, it's it's really hard to encapsulate this entire story and all of the details and nuances and everything. But um, this is like the gist of it. Throughout that process, I had also learned, intuitively, um, that trauma was stored in my body. I started working with a lacrosse ball because my body felt so uncomfortable all the time that I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with myself. I can't even sit here. It hurts so bad. I had a knee injury at the time, and I just had a flashback to one of my ballet teachers um, telling us, your muscles should always feel malleable. They should never feel stiff um and unmovable and when I touched all my muscles they were all stiff and unmovable so I started I ordered a lacrosse ball online and I started rolling out my body and then as I was rolling out my body I would have these flashback memories to painful times in my life um, and I would cry I would just let myself lay there and cry on my lacrosse ball um and then I would feel my muscles soften and open and uh I just made the connection like oh when I'm remembering these things and I'm crying like that's what's stored in my body so I just did that over my entire body which which like pairing the body work with the therapy and the emotional work baby that is the trifecta (laughs) that is gold (laughs) um so my body changed a lot In that process as well as I let go of the grief I let go of the shame I let go of the guilt uh, I let go of the hatred for myself and I really learned to love myself through all of my mistakes through all of my flaws through all of the harm that I had um, caused others I I learned to love myself Um, and when I moved back to Canada that year of my life that was the time that I loved myself genuinely loved who I was for the first time since I was a little kid. Um, and what I found is when we reconnect to our childhood selves, who we are born into this world as, that is the most honest, authentic versions of us. And we learn along the way that it's either not safe to be that person, not acceptable. Um, there's something wrong with us if we're not you know, acting a certain way. Um, and we gain, <laughs> we collect all of this conditioning and ch- it changes who we are. So for me, doing that inner child healing reconnected me to my soul my my uh more unfiltered raw spirit um so yeah now i live my life in a way where when i'm triggered by something i talk to whoever (laughs) triggered me if you know i feel like that person can have the conversation with me most of the time (laughs) it's my partner um and immediately i tell him uh, hey, uh, this is how I'm feeling, and I want to talk about it. And we talk about it, and usually I cry. I let the emotion move through my body, and then it's done, and it's cleared. Um, so, yeah, when my body is clear, when my energy field is clear, I can so much easier. <laughs> I can much easier. <laughs> I can very easily um, feel who I actually am. But when I have all of these layers of emotions stuck on me that I'm carrying, it's hard not to identify with those things, right? So um, yeah, I live my life in a much more clear, grounded, centered way, not all the time, but a lot of the time, the majority of the time. Um, I feel my feelings as they arise so that I'm not carrying them with me anymore And um, it's a very powerful place to live. Um, And uh, it's also, it takes a lot of commitment and devotion to live in this way, to be in relationship in this way. Um, When I am more myself, I am creating more authentic connections and relationships and community. I am participating in things that are in alignment with who I am um and it's really really beautiful and i love it so that is <laughs> in a nutshell an hour long nutshell <laughs> um that is kind of the journey that i have been on in like a very uh brief you know this was years years and years of my life so it's hard to uh encapul- encapsulate that in you know one hour of speaking and sharing but that's the summary I guess of how I got from where I was as you know very much in my ego very much attached to all of my woundings operating from all of those woundings unconsciously not knowing what I was doing I was you know I was just living um, and I didn't know why I was doing the things that I was doing to now um, I'm a very intentional being very much devoted to my path um, my growth my expansion my authenticity and my truth and um yeah very much committed to returning back to that truth uh, again and again and again (laughs) because that's really what it is it's returning to truth returning to truth returning to truth feeling what's there and then returning to truth um So, yeah, I hope that that, you know, by me sharing my experience and my story that either resonates with you in some way or maybe inspires you in some way to, you know, connect to yourself, to look at yourself uh, from a different perspective to, yeah, maybe it's invited you to take a look at your own patterns, your own woundings, why you are showing up in the world as you are in the ways that you are um maybe you are like me and you have cheated on your partners too and you're carrying that guilt and you're carrying that shame um and you want to figure out why like why do i do that because i feel so guilty about it i don't like being that kind of person why do i do it you know um so yeah i hope that by me sharing this uh story of my life and my journey um that it's shine some light for you or maybe it was just a cool story to hear somebody else's life um but yeah thank you to um yeah to the person who asked this question this was really beautiful for me to share and to kind of briefly relive all of those times and moments in my life and yeah, it was a really beautiful reminder of how far I actually have come, how much work I actually have done. Cause sometimes I don't feel like I'm doing enough. Um, and then I, you know, remember the last few years of my life and I'm like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like I was crawling through my life, unaware of the fact that I was crawling. And then one day I stood up and started walking and then I started running and, um, I've been running, so it's okay to stop, to take a break, to slow down um, and to just be and not always focus on fixing, but yeah, feeling things as they arise and returning back to truth and my center. So (sighs) thank you. If you have made it this far, thank you for listening. Thank you for witnessing. Thank you for receiving. Thank you for being here. And I am excited to share another episode with you in the future